I saw a lot of movies this year, I'm realizing. Just going through my list here. A lot of movies came out in 2022, folks. Jack and I are going to go through the best and the worst on today's episode of Struggle Session. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Struggle Session. I am Leslie Lee the Third. Today, as always, I'm joined by Jack Allison. Jack, how's it going? Good. A uh, lot of movies came out this year. This is not 2020. Yeah, it's 2022. Tons of stuff came out. A lot of good stuff, too. Some stuff a little bit disappointing. We're going to go through the notable ones. We're going to just gonna go back and forth, talk about what we've seen, uh, give us, and we're just going to give a quick classic critic thumbs up or thumbs down mm-hmm. just do it like you know cisco and Ebert. just keep it classic i like i like a thumbs up thumb, but who needs any more than that this letterbox bullshit where you're like well this one's a a three and a half star versus a four star this this one's five and this one's one no 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 just a simple up or down binary choice yes or no good or bad that's all you need for movies it's worked since the coliseum folks we're going to mm-hmm. stick with it mhm didn't work so well for the for the folks in the coliseum uh but it worked well for for the emperor thank you all so much for listening to us today whether it's on sesh.plus or patreon.com/strugglesession strugglesession.substack.com or courtesy the blue wire podcast network also shout outs to our new subscribers we got a lot jack people are into that avatar episode it's a good one it's a good one if we're getting a secondary box office effect because james cameron um is the master of box office then it would only make sense to me it would only make sense to me but thank you for all the for the new subscribers yeah, shout out to John R, Evan S, James S, Edgar, Josh, Stephen, MW, Basic Butch, Levi, Elizabeth L, Yes, Ava, and Gunnar. Thank you so much for subscribing to us. It helps keep the lights on. We really appreciate it. And now let's dive into our topic, Jack. This is a big one, a huge one. We're just going to go through them. Movies, baby. They're back. They're back. And I guess if we're talking about movies being back, there's only one movie we can start with. And that's the movie that brought them all back, Top Gun Maverick. Jack, I think we were very clear on the episode. I'm not sure if it's changed since then, but I'm a total thumbs up. Yeah, I'm a thumbs up on Maverick in a big way. I, You know, I don't really, yeah, nothing to, there's no, there's no problems with Top Gun Maverick. You know, we, we talked about it on the episode. It's American, you know, military propaganda. And while that is objectively true while that is like as you know solid a fact as as exists in the world um it's at least very good 
American military propaganda. At least it's a very, very good movie, unlike so much of the American military propaganda we get out of the Transformers movies, the Marvels. Uh, this one, they really used that um, in-kind donation of um, you know fighter jets to create a movie that was kind of unlike anything I'd ever seen before uh, and really fucking kicked ass. Uh, what, what a fun movie. You know, Tom Cruise brought back movie theaters, you know, so that movie theaters would be ready uh, for the end of the year and Avatar The Way of Water. But, um, you know, just a kick-ass movie, great performances by everybody, great stunts, lots of fun. Leslie, there's one that came out early in this year that uh, actually kind of surprised me because I was on board with the trailer. You texted me being like, this fucking stunk. And I was like, uh-oh, is this going to be one where we're going to disagree again? Uh, but it turned out to be a big thumbs down for me. And that is The Batman. Matt Reeves's um, take on Batman uh, that was really just three episodes of not-so-prestige TV. I haven't it hasn't grown in my estimation since it came out. I think it has one of the worst chase scenes I've ever seen. Um, and I, uh, maybe not worse. You've seen some pretty bad chase scenes, but worst chase scene that people have praised, uh, that I've ever seen in a Batman movie, probably the worst chase scene. In probably. A Batman movie. Yeah, that's probably right. Uh, but yeah, the Batman has not, uh, increased in my estimation. And, and I thought was a real stinker. Yeah, definitely the worst uh, Batman movie that's been put out. Uh, seriously, the people are with us mostly on this, Jack, because if you look at the IMDb uh, top 200 uh, list, it, when the movie was in th just in theaters, the Batman like immediately jumped into like the middle of like the top 200 movies of all time, you know, for a while. <laughs> but as soon as it hit streaming, it dropped yeah. all the way out and has not come back, not recovered. Yeah. As soon as like the masses actually saw it, people were like, actually, this this is not a very good movie. People get like too excited about things that are brand new. And then, you know, there are a lot of things that lose that sheen uh, pretty quickly. And I think the Batman was one, although you and I uh, were right there from the beginning, uh, not liking this shitty movie. All right. And this is one that I was looking forward to, but I did not like at all. Scream number five. They sucked me in again, Jack. I I was excited for an another Scream, a new Scream. You know, Dewey, Gail Weathers, um, Sidney Prescott all came back. For what? I don't know. It, su it sucked. And Scream 4 sucked, and Scream 3 sucked, and they haven't been good since 2, frankly, and they could just stop making them. I, I liked this a little more when I saw it in theaters, um, but it has, but it, I, maybe I was hit by a little bit of the, you know, newness thing. Um, there's stuff that works, but there's more stuff that doesn't work. And I also rewatched the original Scream this year and I was like, oh, now that's a fucking movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's some funny stuff in Scream, but it, it, it wasn't that uh, impressive to me. You know, Jack, recently the writer of Scream 2 came out and said that he thought it was a mistake killing off Jamie's Kennedy's character, Randy Meeks, in episode too and i think i said on our scream episode that i think that was one of the cultural moments where things we just shifted into like the worst reality like when randy got killed instead of dewey that is when we kind of 
got certainly got off rails. Like that had not happened. Bush doesn't win the election. Gore uh, takes it. You know, hinge points, uh, as yes. they call them. You know, not to not to stick all on the thumbs down train here because there were some decent movies this year. I think it was a better movie year than 2021 was anyway. Um, but as far as franchise sequels go, Jurassic Park Dominion. What a fucking slog. Oh, my God. Colin, <laughs> Colin Trevorrow is a truly weird man. I think they need to, like, dissect and examine uh, his brain <laughs> when he passes away. Like, the CTE, like, the NFL guys with CTE. Like, there's something odd going on there. But Jurassic World Dominion, getting back, you know, Sam Neill and Laura Dern um, to basically, I mean, the movie really draws attention to the fact that they just have clone characters in the third act when they just pair off all the clones with each other. And they're kind of just like all in a big crew. And it's Laura Dern with Bryce Dallas Howard kind of both doing the same thing and acting the same way. Um, but another fucking really weird one where the movie's mostly about like like locusts or something like that and it ends up on this dumb island where like the locusts catch on fire and it catches the whole island on fire just a fucking idiotic movie and this one you know at the very least i think the world is getting a little bit saner because people loved the first jurassic world and that was a fucking piece of shit uh but people seem to really not like this jurassic world dominion and so i i took some pleasure in that i can't officially give it a thumbs down because i just walked out of it that's how bad it <laughs> fair was. enough yeah but not 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 one i would recommend yeah pretty but bad one movie that i don't think a lot of people gave a second look to but was actually really good i really really enjoyed it the lost city sandy and you know magic mike sandra bullock yeah. and magic mike yeah they out there and they jen and tatum they go and they do a little adventure that i swear to god jack is a pretty good Uncharted movie. It's like a fairly good action comedy <laughs> with. A I've heard good things. I cast. haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but it, it's quite good. I would highly recommend it. I haven't seen the original Uncharted, the Uncharted, the actual Uncharted movie. I think it did come out this year or was it last year? I think that was the last year. Yeah, I started watching it, cut it off. But this Lost City, I had no intention of watching it. It sucked me in. It was actually like really good pretty funny it felt like maybe an indiana jones movie written by the it's always sunny guys that was kind of <laughs> like the sense of humor that it had about it It was a fun movie i've heard it's good things and i and i finally I, I do have to check it out sometime because I, I keep hearing good things and i really found the trailer to be obnoxious but yes, i'm, I'm down to give it a shot trailer. the trailer is so terrible but it's the type of movie that james gunn and taika watiti think they're making <laughs> yeah so uh, a thumbs up for me uh, and just an absolutely bonkers movie with some bonkers performance and also some uh good performances um is Boz lerman's elvis uh i was on board for elvis um it's maybe not even as kooky as some of the other Boz lerman entries in his oeuvre uh, but it tr does have a truly bizarre and great performance uh from tom hanks and it also kind of got me to understand the Elvis thing in a way that I had never really understood it before. I'm not an Elvis fan. I've never really been a fan of Elvis's music. And I feel like this movie got across to me what was going on with Elvis, which was really it was about the live show. It's not so much about, you know, the recordings or anything like that. It's a vibe. Uh, and I think this movie gets across that vibe in a way that 
kind of is so uniquely, you know, and distinctively Baz Luhrmann, like who else, you know, could be sort of mixing rap beats with Elvis and for it to actually work. Um, I was a fan of, of Elvis. Yeah, I passed on this one just because, Jack, I feel like I know enough about Elvis. Maybe I'm just like <laughs> at the ex- I thought I mean, because you saw like Tiny Toons would always talk about Elvis. Like if you're from if you're an older millennial, like I feel like you already got like your Elvis fix. Like you knew about Elvis. You saw the concerts, the re-releases. So I like I always got like Elvis and what his deal was. So I didn't really feel like a strong desire to see this biopic. I will say Austin Butler's performance is really very good. Um, and I think it's worth watching. Put it on and see if you can resist the bizarre cutting and weird way this movie is. Because I think you might find that it's a little little uh, uh, stronger than, than a traditional biopic. Okay. It's Baz Luhrmann. Well, speaking of a non-traditional biopics, in fact, not a biopic at all, Blonde. One of the wow, yeah. most most controversial movies of the year. I feel like also a lot of people might have skipped this one too, uh, but it's good. It's good. It's it's long, mm-hmm. it's dour, <laughs> it's sad, it's depressing, but it's good. It's a good, good movie. I've heard it's good. I, I kind of still want to watch it. I, I think I have a prejudice against Netflix movies, uh, yes, but which I, is fair. The, I will give this a watch. I will finally you know put this one on the list to watch. This, this one does not have the Netflix look. Oh, speaking of Netflix movies, holy fuck. This mo- next movie, I think, should disqualify this director from working ever again and he just might because they don't make comedies anymore uh but the bubble is just such a wretched movie judd apatow's the bubble kind of a parody i guess of the production of jurassic world dominion about actors filming a movie uh while in a covid bubble just a completely disconnected mess um of of improv that doesn't work bad performances no heart nothing there's no sort of like through line to the movie it feels just like slapped together um uh, like a mean-spirited movie it gets wrong even the parody of block of blockbuster movies just a absolute fucking stinker from beginning to end it feels to me like they got through with an edit of this and they were like Let's just fucking turn this in. It's like, it's like, let's just turn this in and fucking be done with it. Like, the movie even ends with uh, uh, Fred Armisen's character, who is just completely the wrong type for playing the director of one kind of these movies. Like, he just does a Portlandia character. I could go on basically saying, like, well, at least we tried to make something during COVID. Isn't that worth something? It truly is not. It is not worth something. Uh, and, and I feel like Judd is one of the consummate uh, con men uh, of the modern entertainment era. Uh, and this is like like J.J.'s Rise of Skywalker. You know, the, the con has finally run out. Um, this was a, an absolute fucking stinker. Really terrible movie. That, that he's going to get to keep directing movies and, in fact, be basically the only person who's allowed to direct comedies uh, really shows you how fucked up the movie industry is. Yeah, I saw there's a lot of those movies, those pandemic movies, those self-aware pandemic attempts at movies with tons of celebrities in them. 
most of them are off absolutely awful but there are like a few there were a few movies that came out that were pandemic movies that were like small horror movies that actually took advantage that even were like zoom call based you know mm-hmm. that worked um but the big budget ones like were just terrible awful awful movies and like yeah it was not worth it for some of the time yeah that was a fucking stinker i, I kind of can't believe it one movie that uh, i really want to shout out that i don't think i have talked about on the show before uh but it's on netflix it's hit netflix now as a thriller and if you're looking for your uncut gems sort of tension level fix check out emily the criminal i know emily in paris is it the same emily uh, no, it's a different Emily. This Emily is a criminal. The Emily in Paris, I think she works for a fashion agency. She has one of those arts romantic comedy jobs that don't actually exist in the real right. world. She has one, one of those. This Emily is a criminal. It's It stars Aubrey Plaza, and I don't want to spoil it, but she just it's one of those things where just someone gets into a little bit of shit, a little bit of shit, and then a lot of shit, and a lot more, and it really ramps up, and I really, really enjoyed it. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but if you're looking for a nice, taut, quick thriller uh, with Aubrey Plaza, giving a a fantastic performance. She's been in a lot of stuff uh, this year. Some of it good, uh, good, some of it maybe not so good, but Emily the Criminal, uh, one of the best movies I saw this year. Another thumbs up for me, uh, and an underwatched film, uh, really, you know, did very poorly at the box office, is George Miller's Three Thousand Years of Longing. I really enjoyed this movie a lot. It's it's almost like a play in its kind of smallness, but also bigness, kind of cutting between this story, you know, uh, in the present day, and then all this stuff in in ancient times. I, I thought it was a really fun and and actually like very like pretty looking movie. I think George Miller really is good uh, at using effects well. It was a very highly special visual effectsy movie, and I think that uh, used them well. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a a, a good story uh, and just a yeah a very solid one off movie story uh, that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I really liked Three Thousand Years of Longing. It kind of lost me. In the beginning, but it it wrote me in uh, by the end. I really enjoyed it. I loved the fancy elements. I think I said on the show, I wish there was a little bit more action. Like there were excuses for action scenes, George. Why didn't you give them to us? I know you wanted to. You could have given us some nice genie action, but I he was a little, he was he restrained from that. And I was realizing watching this movie, the love story is kind of like um, a non toxic version of a love story between like like a vampire and some mortals too uh, for some reason i've been watching a uh, true blood and the vampires there like you know just the the power imbalance between an immortal creature and a mortal <laughs> creature obviously there's there's the age gap and there's the mortality mortality gap and you know this movie i think ma- manages to jump the mortality mortality gap in a way that's not uh creepy like most vampire stories are yeah it kind of reverses that um that power imbalance and speaking of vampire flicks one movie that came out that i just got to uh today the invitation jack this movie is basically harry and megan but with vampires and i know that seems like a Mm. may seem like a silly premise but it actually really really works and it's uh very good movie effective movie and has a pretty good like even though you'll see it coming the twist is very satisfying but you gotta see the unrated version of it the pg-13 version which is up on netflix leaves out a couple of decapitations that are essential uh to you know the plot vampires 
movies have to have some gore in them. And this one, you want to see the unrated version, but this one, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, Natalie Emmanuel, who was in Game of Thrones, she's just, she's a star. She's someone you love to see on screen. She just pops. Uh, it's a great cast, lots of fun twists, a decent amount of violence. Could have used a bigger budget, sadly. Could have used a budget of, say, a couple of Dracula, but uh we take what we can get here in uh 2022 and i th- i really really dug it let's let's do a thumbs up here um for barbarian you know people have talked about barbarian it's a small movie uh i think it was fun i think i you know maybe if i was like extra hyped up for it or something i would have been like disappointed but i went in you know kind of not knowing anything about it and not expecting anything and i did find it to be really fun i thought the the scares are pretty good it's another one like x where it's kind of just about like aren't old people like gross and fucked up um but it has a really fun twist in the middle and some great performances um and yeah i was shocked that it was directed by the guy from whitest kids you know that like shocked that was like the biggest twist of all um but i enjoyed uh barbarian had a good time with it Oh, he's pulling a Jordan Peele, too, I guess. Yeah, he is. Everyone wants to do that. Uh, you know, if we want to talk about another Jordan Peele turn that didn't work so well, uh, I would say that Don't Worry, Darling was another attempt by a kind of comedy person to pull their Jordan Peele, um, even more so than Barbarian, because I feel like Don't Worry, Darling was trying to be for white women what, what Get Out was uh, for black people. <laughs> um, it was trying to do a Get Out for white ladies. Um, and uh, it just really didn't work. Even aside from all of the fucking, you know, drama and, and you know, gossip surrounding the release of the movie and the behind the scenes stuff, it, it goes forgotten that the movie itself, too, was also a huge piece of shit that doesn't make any sense internally um, and, and just is kind of bone headed from beginning to end yeah so i really enjoyed barbarian i thought it was a great time at the movies i definitely give that thumbs up and you also mentioned x which i enjoyed as well i didn't get to see it in theaters i call it on shutter but that one was a great one uh too i really enjoyed it it was a good year for horror there was also a prequel to x that came out also storing also starring uh mia golf uh, mia golf did you watch that one plays- yet? No, I haven't gotten to Pearl uh, yet, unfortunately, but I'm looking forward to it. Mia Goth, new Scream Queen. I, I appreciate her. Uh, she's doing a great job out there. I, I loved it. I loved X. I liked Barbarian. Uh, what? There are a few, you know, pretty decent horror movies. Also, Black Phone. Uh, Jack, did you get a chance to see that one? I didn't see Black Phone yet. No, I did see X. I did enjoy X, actually. Yeah, Black Phone was another one. Uh, probably the weakest of the ones that would still give a thumbs up to, but fairly decent. Good performance by uh, Ethan Hawke, Scott Derrickson, who did the first Doctor Strange and a couple of decent movies before that. You know, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still remake, not that bad. Sinister, fairly decent. Black Phone, just a decent horror movie. Not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but still thumbs up. There was a stinker this year in horror, though, Leslie. It wasn't all good in horror. Halloween ends on... Oh, yes. Halloween putters out embarrassingly, uh, I would have to call that one. Um, I even kind of liked the first David Gordon Green Halloween reboot. The second one I wasn't that into, but at least I kind of got 
what they were doing with both of those. You know, I got, okay, it's Jamie Lee Curtis and she's dealing with it. Okay, now we're widening out and it's everyone else that ever dealt with, you know, the Michael dealing with it, you know, all this time afterward. Halloween ends is just perplexing. Why in the world is this movie about the new Michael apprenticing with Michael? Why are all the kills in this movie from Corey? Um, aside from like the opening scene, which I thought was decent uh, f- enough, uh, the rest was just pretty embarrassing uh, and 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 kind of perplexing. Uh, yeah, Halloween ends just did not work for me. It kind of felt like they like shouldn't have been contracted to make this a trilogy. You know, if you're if you're announcing like, hey, we're gonna do a Halloween trilogy, aren't you supposed to like? have thought out what you'd like to do for that trilogy. This is really the rise of Skywalker uh, of Halloween. Yeah, I I have to give this one. I can't even give it a thumbs down. This is a did not finish. I didn't finish the Ooh. prior one. I, I kind of like the first one. The, I kind of like the first I one. I did too. But it, but it had tonal issues that were very apparent. They could not decide whether this was going to be a horror movie or a comedy. And not I don't even mean a horror comedy. It just like kept switching back and forth between one or the other. And it just did not work for me at all in the second one or the third one. Like it just n- could not strike the correct tone. Like it had this really intense tone, but then it would do these, you know, kills on like little old black women, which you like might work in a scary movie, but doesn't work in like a Halloween where you're also trying to have like a psychosexual Michael Myers type killer <laughs> going in. It's not quite like as fun, you know, it's not like quite as ha ha he he uh, you know at least that's what i see in you know halloween some people may have yeah. different opinions i did see some people liked halloween ends but it just it did nothing for me i couldn't get through it i didn't get it it's like about it's it, cory becomes michael because he got bullied by teenagers that is so funny that is like the funniest thing ever that he got bullied by some teens into becoming michael i have to give a thumbs up uh, to the Fablemans. I enjoyed the Fablemans. I think oh, really? the Fablemans is probably going to do well. I did. Let's talk about the origin of a psychosexual uh, <laughs> not a killer, just a weirdo. Weirdo. Weird guy. Yeah, I don't know. They're, like, I really, I watched this movie feeling like there were scenes, especially in the beginning parts where I was like, is this the corniest fucking movie I've ever seen in my entire life? Uh, but there's something about you know that Spielberg like that just is his actual sensibility so it doesn't feel cynical it feels like this is just how he is and so I kind of ended up on board for it I like the stuff about filmmaking I like the coming of age story stuff I will caveat all that by saying I think this is going to do well at the Oscars this year and it is not as good as last year's West Side Story I thought West Side Story beats uh, The Fablemans in every category. But The Fablemans is a weird one that kind of stuck with me. And the the last scene is fucking great. The last scene is a little short film unto itself, and I think a fantastic one. And the rest of it is I'm like, why? Steven Spielberg made a movie about, like, this event with his mom and dad what in the fucking world it's it's such a weird movie um and so and the tone is so you know so ebullient and kind of earned that i ended up kind of liking it despite myself 
Yeah, I haven't seen it. I'm not sure if I can give Spielberg another chance after Ready Player One. That's one. That's one of those movies where, you, like you said earlier, Jack, like if you make it, you don't get to make movies. In not fair. War. Not I, fair. I mean, this is. I think. I think you know. Well, you know. I think Spielberg lost some money and he was scrambling to make money there for a little bit. But if you look at the, if you look down the IMDb. It is a hit rate unlike almost any other director. But yes, a Ready Player One uh, is is kind of embarrassing. Speaking of uh, hit makers making movies about making movies, Crimes of the Future, which, folks, not really a horror movie, more of a workplace comedy <laughs> of sorts. I gave I give this one a big, big thumbs up. I really liked it, really enjoyed it. Even if the body horror, the commercials kind of freak you out, I would still suggest checking it out because it's really not that gruesome or intense. It's kind of more just about the struggles of being like an artist in Canada and having to deal with bureaucracy. <laughs> it's quite a funny, kind of funny movie and kind of fun for what for the subject matter and hopeful, optimistic for a Cronenberg. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think that there are there is actually some weird body horror stuff, but it's not as gross as you might think when you hear when you read the description. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was a really fun movie. And also, I think I mentioned this on our episode. It was shocking to see nudity in a movie. Movies have become so PG and sexless that when there was nudity at the, and I was seeing it at AMC, I was like, is this like allowed at AMC? Like we're to see nudity like this crazy. Uh, I, I really had a good time at that one. Another thumbs up for me is tar. I, I came late to tar. I put it on just the other week. I really enjoyed tar kind of start to finish. There's one corny thing that I didn't like as much, uh, that I don't think struck me as being very real. Um, uh, and almost doesn't actually even have anything to do with the rest of the plot. I think it could have been cut out entirely, but great performance, uh, by Kate Blanchett and such a funny, weird world. Uh, and another one where the ending kind of makes the entire thing. Uh, I really enjoyed Tar. Another great one that I saw recently, even though I do have to criticize it for a little bit of false advertising, because by my count, there was only one Banshee in it <laughs> at best. And that's the Banshees of Inishirin. Yeah. Great movie. Great, mm -hmm. great movie. Just a joy to watch. Maybe if you're if you're squeamish about body mutilation, you may want to go ahead and read the synopsis first. It'll, it'll help you. You know, get what, you know what's it. so funny is that warning is almost more necessary for Banshees of Inishirin than Crimes of the Future. Yes, uh, weirdly, so weird. Aside from some gruesome stuff, it's quite funny, quite charming, quite entertaining. Men will literally mutilate themselves before going to therapy. Colin Farrell is just absolutely excellent. He's great. It's also one of these ones where it's like it's such a simple premise, you know, and it's play and it's so like small, but I was drawn in immediately. Like the idea of an adult man being like, I just don't like you anymore and how that affects <laughs> the other person. I was like, I like him in. Like it's so small and funny, but I was like, Yeah, this is a conflict that I like get. I like that. It's like when you block a reply guy on Twitter. It's basically the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I really enjoyed Banshees of this year and um and yeah and uh, and also just you know great performances by both of them i'm not usually the biggest colin farrell fan but i thought he did a great job uh in this and um actually in batman too weirdly um but uh, uh i also just beautiful 
backdrop, like the you know the islands in in Ireland, and seeing that outside of um, a a Disney Star Wars movie uh, was pretty pretty beautiful to to look at. Yeah, they're nicer when they're not trying to convince you that there's some alien planet. It's much, yeah. it's much like when you just say it's Earth, like oh, this is actually really beautiful. When you say but it's damn, like, that's crazy you know, that it's on Earth. I mean, yeah, I, I really like the little like the roads with the weird little stone walls. I, I just really it was beautiful to look at, and I had a great time. Um, another one that I liked here at the end of the year. One that I think is weird to be getting Oscars buzz because it's basically a broad comedy. Um, but I guess if you're Swedish and you make a broad comedy, that makes it an Oscars contender. Yeah. Uh, is Triangle of Sadness. Um, I enjoyed Triangle of Sad- Sadness. I think I would caution people to not go in expecting anything too deep. You know, it's not a nuanced movie, and I don't know that I always need nuance. You know, it kind of reminds me of The Boys in that way, where it just bludgeons you over the head with its themes um, and with the ideas behind it. Uh, But I really had a lot of fun with it. I think it's a very funny movie. And yeah, for, you know, for, for a movie that is like in the conversation for the Oscars, it sure has a lot of vomit and poop humor. Uh, it's basically, I think it was actually probably easily the best comedy of the year. Um, and I had, I had a lot of fun with it. Just don't go in expecting anything too deep. We have a, a wealth of films and movies and TV shows about wealthy people having a bad time. It's all starring extremely wealthy people. Um, Knives yeah. Out. Two, oh boy. No, excuse me. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. We're gonna go. <laughs> we're go, we're gonna do an episode on it. But just a for the record, it's a thumbs down for me on yeah. that one. Yeah, it's a thumbs down for me too. But you'll have to wait and see. Keep an eye out for 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 Struggle Session presents Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, a Struggle Session podcast. <laughs> Big year for black superheroes. You had the. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and Black Adam. So both of these, I they weighed heavy on my heart. But Jack, I actually have to, in the spirit of, you know, the thumbs up and thumbs down, where you're giving the movie the thumbs up for, you know, the current context. What was it trying to accomplish? How close did it get to that goal? I actually have to give both of these a thumbs up. Wow, and even, that's the uh, Ebert way, the Ebert way. Even even an enthusiastic thumbs up to Black Adam. It's Black, wow. Black Panther was just barely there, just barely there. But that movie is probably the best of the Marvel movies that I can remember seeing. There's, there's lots of corny stuff. There's lots of bad stuff. The action's not that great. But as far as like actually having to sit down and watch one of those movies, that was probably the least bad experience. And there was actually some interesting stuff, some interesting characters. They don't spend a lot of time with them. Obviously, the whole USA, FBI, uh, the politics of it are completely fucked. It are completely as bad as the first movie, if not worse, because they introduce, you know, the Atlanteans as like, you know, these um, indigenous people who want to kill all the Wakandans instead of like attacking the U.S. government because for like encroaching on their land. It makes no sense whatsoever. At least it kind of is a, a movie, an actual kind of movie with a plot and the structure and some of the characters have motivations and it almost kind of works. It's like, I give it, I would put it at like a 51% on 
you know, on there. If you get, if you're going to watch it, you're probably going to have, it's probably going to be at TV at some point. You might enjoy uh, some of it. Black <laughs> Adam though. I actually legit liked by the end of it. The first 15 minutes are garbage, just straight up boring exposition, turgid, dull, unnecessary. But when it gets going, it's basically the rock going through uh, not Iraq, you know, Kandak and killing like a bunch of like American soldiers. He kills like every single foreign soldier invader in the little, in the city kingdom that they have there. And it's actually pretty fun to watch for the most part. There are a couple of twists and turns that, it, that, you know, are actually keep you kind of interested in the, in the later acts. I ended up enjoying this movie. I had a good time. It felt like, if this movie, it felt like if this movie came out in the '90s or the aughts, it would have been really popular and really big. People would have enjoyed it, taken in more of the vein of you know the movies of the time, the Batman Forever's, the Blades. You know, I really, but I really did enjoy it. It's probably one of the, I think it's one of the better DC uh, movies that they've put out. It 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 worked for me. I liked the Justice Society in them. I liked that they were the bad guys essentially because they were the Americans. I liked I liked this movie. It it was good. The Rock did it. The Rock was restrained. The Rock didn't do his fucking improv. He didn't have a <laughs> Kevin Hart cameo. He actually took this seriously. And how are we pay him back? What? 400 Hidley million dollars, not even that at the box office. We could we should have given The Rock more. He he worked hard for this. He actually, when you watch this movie, he acts like Vin Diesel would act if he was playing back Black Adam. That's how much he pulled it back and actually tried to make this like a real decent movie. Sadly, did not pay off at the box office, and then he got essentially fired by James Gunn. Um, but I, I'm sorry for I'm sorry for the Rock, Dwayne. I know we've said a lot of negative. Com we made a lot of negative comments about you. We were Team Vin, but on this one, I have the Rock's back. I think he was right. Black Adam. It turned out pretty good. I would love to see a sequel uh, for this before I would want to see like James Gunn's Superman. I, I have to give a quick thumbs down, thumbs up to the two Pinocchios that we had this year. Big thumbs down for the Tom Hanks Disney Plus Friday night movie Pinocchio. Um, just not even, just barely even worth mentioning, but uh, horrendous to watch. Gets like it's it's almost a beat for beat remake of the cartoon, but it makes weird changes to it, including that Pinocchio doesn't become a real boy. Um, but the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio, I watched the other night. And was a little bit surprised by it. It is kind of Guillermo del Toro's turn at doing like a Nightmare Before Christmas down to the fact uh, that it's got his name in the title, but he was not the only director on it. There's also a stop motion guy who directed it, just like uh, Henry Selick and Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, but it's got a really cool look um, and it's. A lot weirder than you might expect it to be. Um, it's I don't know who it's for, whether for kids or adults, but I enjoyed it. Um, it takes place in Italy in World War Two and does not shy away from that. Italy was a fascist country and actually has an extended appearance by Mussolini in the movie, which I was not expecting going into uh, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, I don't know well, that if I would it's like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, you would expect it, but Fair not enough. a Pinocchio I, in general. I, 
I just, uh, uh, I, I don't know that I'd go to bat for it as one of the greatest movies, you know, ever or even of the year. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised by Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So we mentioned him earlier, but nope. Jordan Pills, nope. I give this one a thumbs down. I did not enjoy this that much. It was okay. This, again, this is a thumbs down at probably about 49%. I wouldn't mm-hmm. tell anyone not to see the movie, but I would say probably don't expect much from it. To me, Leslie, I give this a thumbs up at maybe like a 60%. And I think for me, this might be my favorite Jordan Peele. Uh, I think that there's some interesting sci-fi ideas in it um, that I hadn't seen before. There are things about the movie that surprised me. It felt nice and contained, uh, and and I felt like it had a very cohesive world to it. Um, I enjoyed Nope, and I I think it's my favorite Peele thus far. Let's talk about some Oscar contenders. So Bullet Train. That's one that I really was surprised by, that I really, really liked. It felt like, you know, one of those movies that was trying to be Tarantino in the late 90s. But it works. Like, the action was pretty decent. It was COVID shot. But you couldn't really tell for the most part. Like, they, because it's set, set, set on the train. So, it kind of works. Um, Brad Pitt's pretty good in it. Great cast. Great cameos. Zazie Bates is in it. Can't, I can't get enough of her. I thought I thought this movie was really good. I hope more people see it. Also, another great action movie that I don't think enough people saw because they thought, similar to Bullet Train, once you see the trailer, it kind of dampens your excitement for the movie. The unbearable weight of massive talent. The Nicolas Cage uh, faux biopic action comedy, which, Jack, I swear to God, one of the most heartwarming films you're going to see this year. It's, it's so sincere and genuine. And then it becomes kind of this schlocky action flick, which is actually not that bad. It's not a, not a bad action movie, but it actually is fairly like a heartfelt examination of Nick Cage's career for some of it. I really, really dug it. Uh, one I saw uh, that, you know, I was warned by the reviews, uh, but the reviewers got this one right. Uh, the Whale was a fucking stinker. I do like Brendan Fraser, uh, and his performance was fine in this, uh, but I, I would like a better vehicle for him than this one, you know, uh, and and. I'm not even as, you know, worked up about the fat phobia and all this kind of stuff that a lot of the think pieces were writing about. It's just a fucking stinker as far as the melodrama goes. Like, it is just... It it is unearned melodrama that never works. And I will say also the fat suit technology has not gotten better since like the clumps and fat bastard. Honestly, he really looks like he's about to say he ate a baby or have a whole table full of whales farting with each other or something. Just not a good movie. While I give the whale a thumbs down, I have to give the Tulkoon a thumbs up. Avatar The Way of Water is currently dominating at the box office and might be my favorite of the year. In fact, it probably is my favorite of the year. Certainly my favorite theater experience with Top Gun coming in as a close number two. And it looks as though that's going to be the way the box office ends up this year uh, with Avatar, The Way of Water and Top Gun Maverick jockeying for the first and second slot. Um, The haters are nowhere to be found. They have disappeared (laughs) as Avatar, The Way of Water has failed. 
they are in hiding, um, nowhere to be found after Way of Water has barreled past a billion dollars on its way to the inevitable two billion. Huge worldwide success and you know, also just great as a film. Um it's a movie for everybody. It really is a movie for everybody, and and no one does it like Big Jim Cameron. All right, I'll go through a couple quick. Watcher, very nice Hitchcockian thriller. Thumbs up, it's on Shudder. Hellraiser, reboot. I really want to like this one, but it's too clean. Not dirty mm-hmm. enough, not sexy enough. Gotta give it a thumbs down, but with all Hellraisers, they're worth a watch. I think Hellraiser fans know that. You gotta check it out anyway. I give give a thumbs up to both films titled The Princess. One is a medieval action comedy that is surprisingly hyper violent. It's on Hulu. It's basically if a Disney princess was actually like Xena, but like super violent as well. I really, really uh, dug it. And the documentary The Princess about Princess Diana, which has no no narrator, you know, no talking heads. It's just archival footage of how princess diana was treated uh is just absolutely fascinating and exposes the royal family for what they are probably a bit better than the harry and megan uh self-produced documentary and also a thumbs up to weird the al yankovich story on on the on the roku channel this movie is actually like very good jack have you seen this one I have not now. You might change your pick for best comedy of the year, actually. It's actually fairly, it's actually pretty good and clever and fun. Doesn't take itself seriously at all. Has fun with the material, obviously. Um, Was it Harry Potter? He's very good as a weird Al Yankovic. And he's ripped too for no reason. He's just a ripped, jacked, shorter weird Al Yankovic. But it wor- it works. It's a fun, fun movie. And I say that as not even a weird Al fan. Those were the movies of 2022. You got any picks for us? Hit us up on the voicemail, sesh.show, or leave a, a comment on the Patreon post or the Substack post or wherever you listen to Struggle Session. Peace out. Later. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.